Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, December 9, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a lot to discuss today. On the daily chart, first we're going to talk about the things that jump off the page. Then we're going to move around to some other charts. And then we're going to discuss what's in store for the markets in the short term. The reason we have a lot to discuss today is because of the type of day that the S&P put in today, which is called an outside day. The high today was above yesterday's high. The open today was above yesterday's high. The close and the low was below yesterday's low. That creates an outside day. It can be a reversal candle. It doesn't have to, but it can be. What's more dominant and what's the reason why I'm not hopping on the reversal candle so soon in the conversation? The reason is because the more dominant thing is the trend. The trend is your friend until it's over. And here's the deal. We've seen this many, many times before. There's nothing says the market can't gap up tomorrow and wipe out or make it a thing of the past in terms of the outside day today. That being said, let's take it from a technical perspective. We look at the charts and we take the chart at face value. So if we're doing that, we're taking what's on the page at face value and today we're going to call it an outside day. We're going to call it a reversal day for the purposes of this conversation for now, and we're going to say if in fact it was a reversal day, what's going to be the next move? Where are they headed on the downside? And the good news is we already discussed it. We're going to discuss three prices that are the likely destination for this particular move if in fact the market continues downward. Let me explain each of those three prices and then we'll depict them on the screen. The first price has to do with the fact that the market gapped up and it went higher. So when it gapped up, it creates this gap between this price here and the gap we're going to discuss. This is going to be one of the prices is 362.83. We're just going to call it 363. Remember yesterday we had the 20 period moving average and the gap. They're in the same general area. That's going to be one of the prices. But that really wasn't the first price that I intended to discuss. It just morphed that way. So we'll put it on the board. Now we'll work upward. What's the next price of importance north of 362.83? 364.38. That represents that former high. That represents that breakdown candle high where the market was rejected. We broke out above that. And if we're coming back down, it represents a pretty good area that they would likely run a test of. Now, it doesn't have to be the only price. For example, the price down below where that gap is, is very close by 364. So if they're down at 364 and they're going to spike it by some, where are they going? 362.83 going right to fill that gap. There was a third price, but I'm going to leave it off the board. It's too close to one of the two, so it doesn't really make a difference. Here's what I'll say. Somewhere in this neighborhood, maybe even just a touch lower than the gap, which would be down at the 20 period moving average down around 262 and a quarter today, maybe slightly higher on Thursday, somewhere in and around this general area, we can expect the market to find an assemblance of at minimum of intraday support. 
If the market came down there, let's say on Thursday, does it do anything to the uptrend? Does it damage the uptrend? And the answer is, no, it doesn't. And that's why I bring back the more dominant thing is the uptrend. A pullback in an uptrend isn't bearish. It's just a pullback in an uptrend. It recocks the gun. We've talked about that many, many times. What happens if they're closing hourly and then daily below that gap down at 362.83? What happens if they're below the 20 period moving average? Same routine, hourly and then on a daily close. Well, then the same thing we discussed last night gets brought back tonight, which is that's bad news for the bulls, good news for the bears. That would signal another leg lower. And how about this? We'll wrap up the daily chart with this thought. The market broke out, and we talked about this a hundred times, broke out really above the breakdown candle high. That was really the breakout. We gapped up and we went. And now they're coming back to do what? You guessed it. They're coming back to check in at a former breakout area. Now it becomes subjective. It's part art form, part science. Exactly where are they going to go? Because we can call the breakout a number of different areas. We can call the breakout the breakdown candle high. We can call the breakout the gap down at 362.83. Both would be correct. Neither are wrong. The question is, where's the market going to go? And what I would say is, any intraday trader looking for an intraday long trade if the market is coming down into those prices, not if the market is gapping below these prices, that opens the door for something else entirely. But if the market is coming into these prices, you buy them both. The aggressive trader buys them both. The more conservative trader waits for the best price. Everybody has a different style. That's what makes a market. Two people can be looking at the same chart and see entirely two different things. It's not the same thing as buying twice, but I'm just saying that it depends on who's trading, what their risk tolerance is, what type of trade are they looking for? Are they looking for a quick scalp trade? Are they looking for an intraday trade? Are they looking for a positional or swing trade? All those things have different outcomes. They have different determinants about how and when you might get into a trade. Now, let's shift our attention to some intraday conversation. A lot of times we discuss, how do you know when the market's turning? What's the tip-off? Well, there's not one tip-off when it's turning, whether it's up or down. But what I always say is, the move turns in from a short-term chart, it morphs to an hourly chart, it morphs to a daily chart. And that's pretty much what happened today. What I'm going to do is point out a couple of things when we go take a look at inside the numbers. And speak of the devil, we'll do it right here. So we start with the pre-market commentary and you have to go back to what was going on in the pre-market. It's hump day. We're waking up green. They were above the big fat round number, 3,700 in the ES, 370 in the SPY. They were near the highs, at the highs. There's nothing wrong with the tape when that was the case. That's what we found when we woke up in the morning. Now we go on a little bit and the early thoughts, any magic today? Well, at the time, not really, not exactly. There's a method to the madness. You're going to see some interesting stuff unfold inside the numbers. So if you're at all an intraday trader, if you're interested to see this stuff, see if it works for you, you haven't made the decision yet, all that stuff, this is going to be interesting information for you to take in.
Above 370 keeps the band playing on. Below isn't necessarily a debacle, but it starts something else. Now, here we go. A real shakeout operation takes price down to 368, give or take. Never know, come prepared just in case. The flip side is they keep pushing to new highs, which didn't happen. They pushed a little bit, but they turned right around. And we have a couple more notes here in the early thoughts. Take what the market provides in the way of opportunity. Fair enough. Before the open, if they're going to push higher, we're citing they could and should get to the overnight highs around 37.15. That happens to be, by the way, the same number we were looking for yesterday if they were going to push higher during the day. Remember, 371.50. That's the same thing. They did it when nobody was looking in the middle of the night. Thieves in the night. Here's a little taste test. All three do the deal right out of the gate. We'll get back to stocks on the move in a moment. Let's continue on with the notes. Now here's where it starts to get interesting because the information flow will change throughout the morning. But right now, 370.11 is a gap. It's interesting. And if they reach it earlier than later, it's likely a buying opportunity. On the flip side, the overnight highs were a selling opportunity for overhead resistance. Here you go again at 940. By the way, the overnight high equivalent, 371.50. That was the thing from yesterday. And here it is again, should be overhead resistance. And at this point in the morning, we're looking for the quick push up. We're not looking for them to grind up there over three or four hours. That's not the same trade. Moving right along. At the time, they're going back and forth. Trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew got a hold of the market. Now, here's the first glimpse. As the morning goes on, the schematic will change. That's where it's a buy at the gap and a sell at the overnight high. The more time that goes off the clock, the more things change. The numbers change when time goes off the clock. You'll see how that morphs into something later. Now, by 10.10, is the gap still a buy at this point? And the answer was yes. Closing candles below would bring that concept into question. So you always have to know where you're wrong. We know we're not going to be right on every trade, but you have to go into a trade knowing your exit plan. If you have to pull the ripcord, where's that going to be? You have to know where it is. Don't start looking for the ripcord as you can see the ground approaching. Now, here you go. They cut through the gap, and this is within minutes. They cut through the gap like a hot knife through butter. So I immediately said a little more and below the gap than should be for support. Might have been not the proper English, but traders got the point. Here's where it became crystal clear. Traders should step aside until back over the gap looks not right. Now, I could have said doesn't look right, but I said looks not right on purpose. If they can recapture the gap and start closing candles above the gap, then it was just a shakeout operation. If not... It's a fumble for the bulls and things could get interesting. So this is at 10.17 in the morning, 3.70.11, and you know what happened after the fact. So that was our first idea there was trouble in the neighborhood. Let's move on a little bit. The hourly close was coming up, so I'm watching what they do in and around the gap. So let's go back to a chart for a second. Let's get our bearings here. Here's a 15-minute chart. Vertical, right of it is today's activity. They gap higher. They come in and cut through the gap. They try and recapture the gap, but they can't really do it. They close one 15-minute candle above, and that's it. And they close back below and never look back. Think back. Remember, it starts small, 
and morphs into something more as the day goes on and then upon the close of the day in terms of what a reversal looks like. They have to start somewhere, even if it's not a long-lasting reversal, even if it's just going to be a down day or two. They all start somewhere. You have to be able to pick it up early. Now let's check out what happens next. The aggressive trader can be long against candles closing above the gap. Now pay attention to this one. They're high on the chart. They keep going higher. At some point, there will be a decent pullback. From where and when is a guess. Traders understand you ride the wave until the wave breaks. Inside my head, trader's choice. So I'm saying, maybe the gap holds, maybe it doesn't, but we have to be aware, and this is awareness stuff, that at some point, the market's going to pull back. Even if it's just for a couple of days. Moving right along. 1034. Question that you may want to ask, but most won't. Did you get faked out? Meaning me. Did I get faked out? Maybe, but here's what happened. Now at this point, we don't know whether the market's going to continue up or it's going to continue down, but they played some games in and around the gap that I suggested was going to be support early on. Now think back. This is at 1034 in the morning. These are my thoughts. You know when you go for a jug of milk in the fridge and the date is a little bit in the past. You go for the sniff test and immediately push the jug away. It stinks. The drop right through the gap just didn't smell right. From experience, could be wrong, but that's what was inside my head at the time. Here's now a five-minute chart. Here's the what I want to point out. We're just going to have a quick discussion about the 80-20 rule. The majority of the time, the market just continues to do the same thing over and over again. Now, not everybody knows what that same thing is. That's why everything looks like a mystery to most people. But when I'm looking at the market, it's doing the same thing over and over and over again. Even if I have a number wrong, I know what the next number is and they're headed to the next number. So I'm not necessarily going to be wrong two or three times in a row. It's just unlikely. I can see a variety of charts at the same time. I'm looking at a bunch of different stuff. And for the most part, I get most of it right about 80 or plus percent of the time. The 80-20 rule. They're just going to do the same thing the majority of the time. However, the other side of that is the 20% of the time. The ugly duck thing. So sometimes they're going to do the other thing. They're not going to do the normal thing. They're going to do something different than they do most of the time. Well, guess what? When I saw that at the gap and the amount of points or the amount of pennies or points, depending on whatever market you're looking at, that they went through the gap without even blinking on the way down. That was the milk test. That was the sniff test. I've seen that before. Something was amiss. That's why I said that at 1034. And frankly, if that in and of itself kept anybody out of trouble, this is worth its weight in gold. Trying to stay out of trouble most of the time is way more important than the winning base hits after base hit after base hit. Most traders get into trouble and then they begin trading on hopium. They're hoping the trade comes back. They're hoping to get back to even. It doesn't work like that. When something is wrong, something is wrong. You have to react accordingly. Moving right along. Now we've got some numbers on the board again, and you can read this stuff, pause the video. I wanted to point out some of those things, and I wanted to discuss some of those things because it is uber important. 
This is not just about a few trades a day. This is not just about a spider trade. It's not just about a stocks on the move trade. And it can be for some of you, but for many of you, it's much more than that. It's the three pillar approach. It's the foundation of how the market works. That's found in the lazy e-mini trader course. The second pillar is the videos, these videos each and every night. It's continuing education. And then the PhD, if you stick around long enough, is inside the numbers because you're going to get a learning experience each and every day. At least that's my goal, moving right along. Now, because they were below certain things, they were opening the door for the next number, which was 368.75 at the time. You'll remember that number from yesterday. It was important that they got above that number to break out. So now they're coming back down and that's one of those gateways on a retest scenario of a former breakout area. Well, guess what? Under normal garden variety conditions, that would represent a pretty good buying opportunity. All right, fair enough. So we're saying 368.75 is important. Below is a problem for the bull case and so on. Well, here's a five minute chart. What did they do? They came down, they came up short and then they ate time off the clock for too long, which means what? Which means that this is no longer good. When that happens, that really means that instead of this being the destination, the destination was some other price. And therefore the longer they ate time off the clock, the less likely they were to find support at 368.75. It's just the way it works. Moving right along. Now here you see at 1221, no change. They sure are hanging around the lows, near the lows an awful lot. That's not bullish, moving along. Now here you go at 1230, it's what we just discussed. Even though 368.75 should still be important, they've created this bearish, flaggish kind of thing over the number. Therefore, beware, they can now trade through it. To where? The next number, which is around 368. Remember that number from this morning. There's your bull bear battle at 368. There's your bounce at 368. If for nothing else, it provided a tradable bounce opportunity. By the way, check this out into the end of the day. What's the high in the last candle of the day? 367.99. Any accidents or coincidences? Nah. What was 368? How about an hourly breakup candle low? Now here's an hourly chart, the line, everything right of it is today's activity, but the hourly breakup candle low was not from today, it was from yesterday, the low was 368.04, no accidents, no coincidences. You see what happened based on the hourly chart, they came down, they closed an hour below that, that's bearish, not bullish, they went lower. Where have you all heard this before? Don't you need to know this stuff during the trading day? And if you do, fantastic. If you don't, you're welcome to become an inside the number participant. Moving right along. If the bulls are going to get back on track, they need to do a couple of things. First, close hourly above 368.04. That was what we just discussed. And then they have another number, but they didn't do it. So we don't really need to talk about it. As they came down in the afternoon, the next line in the sand, should they get there, is 365.75 down to 365.50. It was a zone down there. Below that, we had something else. We just talked about it in the front end of this video. And so on. 
and then you see what happens and you can read this for yourself pause the video go back to the charts and see what was going on there's a little typo that should be 365.97 everybody understands that that's just a fat finger and we're moving right along and by the way here's one of those shenanigans the hour closes at 367.51 against 367.50 cited early you saw that earlier in the notes when you see stuff like that happen, you know the numbers are important. Doesn't always tell you what's going to happen next, but at least you know what numbers to be looking out for. So it's, for me at least, a confirmation that the numbers that I'm working with are in fact the right numbers. That's at least two-thirds of the battle. Let's check out Stocks on the Move. We had GME, UNFI, and FEYE. Two say they hit their entries, one says jump target, but there was another entry. Let's go to the videotape. GME getting a haircut at the opening bell. 1379 was the first number on the board. They came into it, spiked it a little bit, immediately turned around, and the high in this candle is $14.73, almost a buck above the entry on a $13.79 entry. That's a tremendous gain if there were any traders that were able to get a gain like that. But either way, what we're looking for is a minimum base hit and you can hold for more, creating a risk-free, emotionless trade. Either way, the takeaway further that is that 1379 was in fact an important spot. As you can see, they hung around in and around that number the majority of the day. Know thy numbers. How about United Natural Foods? Again, getting a buzz cut at the open. And you can see here, we had two numbers rather close together. Again, the reason that happens is I can make an equal case that either of those numbers are really the same thing. The market can go to either one and go back in the other direction. Well, what happened here, they opened smack dab in the middle. We've talked about that before. It's called a midpoint. Opening print was exactly $16.41. You see that on the open there. They came into the second number. The low in this candle was $16.29, one penny below the suggested entry on the second number. And then just minutes later, where are they? $16.93. Not a home run, but it's another base hit on the way to the Hall of Fame. Like I always say, you never know which ones are going to give you the doubles, triples, and home runs. The reason why there was three on the board so early that did the deal was because FireEye did it really in the first minute, two, and three of the day. 1392 entry, look at the low of day. 1392, I realize that many traders couldn't and didn't get filled at that number. I get it. I was not filled at that number. But what happened is the high right in the same minute was $14.24. That qualifies as doing the deal. That number is off the board following that rally. You can also see, switching over to a 15-minute chart, they came back to do a retest of that number and then failed again. That number was resistance after they broke below it and couldn't get back above. What is support becomes resistance. What was resistance becomes support. That's the way the market works. As long as you know your numbers are correct. What's going on over in Camp IWM today? So they made a new high. They didn't have the same type of candle that the SPY did. That's interesting. That's a puzzle piece. That's on the table. Why is that? Because the IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. It's high on the chart. It's extended away from home base. They had a down day. It's not a big deal. They were down a buck. 
It's up over $20 in less than a month. They were down a buck. We're not going to make a federal case out of that. There's nothing wrong with this chart. When you look at an hourly chart, could you make a case they could come down farther, retest some certain areas, maybe some moving averages? Yeah, absolutely. They could come down another two, three, four dollars, but nothing would be wrong with the IWM if they did that. In fact, what's a good buy area for the IWM? It's a good question. I'm glad you asked. Here's an arbitrary number, 185 and change. You see what happened. The market ran up to that spot, couldn't get through, sold off, but not too much. They basically ate time off the clock and then did what? Busted through it. So that really is a breakout area. So somewhere in the 185, maybe it's 184, maybe it's 186, maybe it's 185 and a half. Somewhere in that zone really is the former breakout area. If they came back to run a test, would we be expecting intraday support? The answer is yes. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Anything wrong here? No. They made a new high today. They finished still up $26, $27. Or if you open your eyes, it's $25, $26. Second favorite market leading indicator, A number one canary in the coal mine, relative strength in the transports. What's that telling us? It's telling us we may not be seeing a debacle just yet. Puzzle piece on the table. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? So where are they? They came back below the former high, 303.50. That's negative. What's down below? There's a gap. What's also around the same price as the gap? Well, let's draw a line over here and say you have a high, you have another high made here. You also have the gap right above that. You have a 20 period moving average. Does it make sense that somewhere in that spot, all these things start to create what I like to call a full stack? Does it make sense that this general spot right here is the breakout area? And the answer is absolutely. And again, this is all in the spirit of the market just does the same stuff over and over again. So when we see stuff like that, we expect that the market A is going to actually go run a test of that spot and B, at least from a short-term perspective, find support at that spot. XLF down seven cents, one quarter of 1%. Do we make a federal case out of that? No, we don't. What do we do with it? We move on. About Smash Mouth got taken out behind the woodshed today, smashed. I want to show you something, and I know most of you probably already saw this. Here's the most recent breakup candle, and the low is 214.07. Where did they close the day? How about 214.09? It's not to say they won't get below it tomorrow, but I want to point out that when we see stuff like that, we know that that price is important. It goes right into the bucket of the same stuff over and over and over again. What did we say yesterday? We said they could come all the way down to around 209, give or take, and still there would be nothing wrong with the SMH. Did I know that they were going to come more than halfway home today? No, I didn't know that, but still nothing changes from that number. Between, let's just say, 209 down to the 20 period moving average around 206, garden variety chart support. Does that change the trend? Absolutely not. Does it recock the gun? Absolutely does, as long as it holds. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. True and accurate information. 
We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.